Hey guys, welcome to the Men's Global Livestream. If you have a Bible, I want you to hold two spots, one in John chapter 8 and another in 1 John chapter 1. I'm excited to start this new series called Where the Light Is. And to get us thinking in the right direction, I want you to think about the last time you stepped on something or bumped into something in the dark, right? You might have been going to bed at night like I was the other night, and I turned off the light in the closed closet, and I got to make my way back to the bed. It's all dark, and on the ground, what I couldn't see was the curling iron plug, right? So you're just thinking, my next step is going to be free and clear, and then wham, or I can think of many other times where I heard something or I had to get up and the house was dark and bumping into a table, bumping in to the end of the bed. Frustrating that you can't see these things that bring pain into your life. I think you know the direction where I'm headed. It's so much easier when you're not walking in darkness, right? Well, Jesus said that life is going to get dark. In fact, he said, in this, in this life, you'll have trouble, you'll have tribulation, but take heart. I've overcome the world. So the Christian is living in a dark world and needs help to navigate, to get to destinations presently and ultimately. So if you have your downloaded notes, let's look at the first verse. This is the theme of our series. Uh, it's in the Gospel of John, chapter 8, and Jesus is putting himself at the center of our journeys now and at the center of getting to our ultimate destinations later. John chapter 8 verse 12 says this, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. All right, so think about that what we just talked about, bumping into stuff, frustrating, pain, unforeseen things. Man, it's so much easier to get where you need to go, whether that's from the clothes closet to the bed at night or to a destination of significance and purpose and meaning in life when you have lighting, right? And so what I want to do is just what we do every time here in the Men's Global Livestream, just sort of unpack this theme in session one. And Jesus, in our key verse, gives us some really great principles just to, to start our thinking about what this means to be where the light is, all right? And the first thing that we see is that apart from Jesus, we live in darkness, all right? Jesus is putting himself at the center of our journey. And by default, he's saying either you're walking in light or you're walking in darkness. You know, and I was thinking about this, I thought, man, you know, uh, boating requires kind of navigational help, especially when they're in an environment of darkness, right? Boats need lights to avoid running aground, uh, avoid running into other boats, avoiding running into shore at night because they can't see that the ocean is black, right? And, and just as uh, ships, let's just use that metaphor for our life, just as a ship needs lights to ensure it's going to have a safe passage, you know, on its journey, so too we must rely 
on the person of Christ, on the work of Christ, and on the presence of Christ through the illuminating Holy Spirit to get to where we need to go. So that's the first observation from Jesus' statement in John 8, 12, is that apart from Jesus, according to Jesus, we're going to live in darkness. He says, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. All right, let's just press the pause button on that. Following Jesus, never walk in darkness. He's making it very clear. All right, what we need to do if we don't want to bump into stuff and experience the pain of being totally in the dark. All right. Now, when it when it comes to living in darkness, all right, there's there's physical darkness, and we understand that, and that's kind of the the metaphor. But there's more to it, and that's where we get to the second part I want to unpack, and that is that apart from Jesus, we cannot fully understand who we are. Jesus is the Creator. Jesus is the maker of all things. Jesus is over creation. Jesus is God. And apart from God, you can't understand the intention for which you were created. And so how do you understand fully who you are apart from the creator of who you are? And then along these lines, third, we observe, apart from Jesus, we cannot accurately filter what we're seeing in the world. Again, we're made by God. We're made for God. One day we're going to God. God is over his creation. We are a creation of God living in creation. And Jesus is saying, hey, if you want clarity, if you want focus, if you want insight, if you want perspective rooted in the reality of eternity, his perspective, you need to follow Jesus. I want you to see that very clearly in his words. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. All right? And that's what we're after. We're after the light of life. All right? And that means eternal life. All right? But that's not a then and there thing, like my heart stops, then I begin eternal life. No, if you're a follower of Christ, the second you put your faith personally in the person and work of Jesus Christ and his presence come into you. You have the light of life now. All right. Now, I want you to listen in our second verse in this session to the best of the best spiritual coaches talk about this, this insight and this eternal eyesight that, that the believer can have in Christ and be where the light is. It's in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 16 to 18. So Paul is coaching up uh, Ephesian Christians, and he says this, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Why? So that you may know him better. Number one, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. All right? So do you see that? Where 
Coach Paul is coaching up these Christians, all right? They're growing, they're maturing, and he's just going, hey man, this is what I'm asking for God to do. You need God's wisdom. You need God's revelation. Why? So that you can know him better. And then he's saying, hey, I pray that the eyes, right, of your heart might be enlightened, right? Illuminated. What's he talking about, right? He's talking about clarity, focus, insight, perspective, Right? And he's making the case for being enlightened by God as we follow God. And I have some observations that I want us to just walk through to really, again, just make the case for being where the light is, following Jesus, and never walking in darkness. And the first observation is when I'm in the light, Paul says, I'm knowing God better. Right? When I'm in the light, when I'm in the light of God's wisdom, and God's revelation, as I'm, I'm opening myself up, and we're going to get into this in this series, you know, where God's word says, your word is a lamp unto my feet. When I'm in God's wisdom and revelation, when I'm in that light, I'm knowing God better. Secondly, I am knowing true hope. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart might be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. All right? Where there is this assurance, there is this hope that comes from being where the light is versus being in darkness, not having insight into myself, not having insight into life, not having that navigational presence of Christ guiding me and giving me hope. Third, I want to observe that when I'm in the light, I'm knowing my truest future. You see, light is directional. Light gets us to where we're going. If you're, if you're traveling alongside a trail and there's a cliff and a ditch and you don't have a lamp, if you're walking in darkness, you're in danger and your future is threatened. But if you have light, you're going to see where to navigate, stay on the trail and get to where God's calling you to be. There are some of you right now, maybe you've, you've, you've fallen off, and God is, is saying, hey man, this series for you is super important, because I have a destination for you, but you need to be where the light is. You need to get back in the saddle, following Jesus, and stop walking in darkness. Here's a fourth observation. When I'm in the light, I'm knowing true power. Wow. I mean, the Bible says here that um, that our, our heart, the eyes of our heart are going to be enlightened, and then there's three outcomes, right? That you know hope, you know the riches of your inheritance, right? Your future. Um, and then it says, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. So as we're in the light, as we're following Jesus, as we're not walking in darkness, as as his wisdom and revelation is, is coming at us, that causes us to know God better. That infuses hope into our lives. It helps us to see ahead just enough and have the navigational direction to make the next set of choices to get to that destination. And man, that provides power. It provides confidence. It provides competence, right? And, and that's power in the spiritual life is, is just knowing, you know, who I am, knowing God, knowing what's ahead, knowing my future, and it, it's powerful to have the light showing us the way, 
All right, so um, there's a little perspective. I love John Piper's observation. I put the quote in the downloaded notes on this idea of following Jesus, never walking in darkness, and fully understanding who we are and filtering life and the meaning of life. He says this, the light of Christ is the brightness of God shining on the retina of the human soul. It, In other words, when you are following Christ, not walking in darkness, and you have the light of life, it's, it's like God gives you these special glasses. He gives you his glasses, his, his glasses that allow you to see in a dark world with a lot of dark stuff going on in culture and in the world. You have these, these, these night vision glasses that enable you to see, and they're God's glasses. It's his light shining on the retina of the human soul and you're knowing hope, and you're knowing power, and you're confident, and you're knowing God, and you're seeing yourself, and seeing what's going on in the light of God's perspective, all right? So that's just kind of to set the foundation of being where the light is. You want to be where the light is? Follow Jesus. Never walk in darkness. Get the insight, the perspective, the clarity on your life and the meaning of life, and how to navigate life, and you're going to have hope and power. I need a little more of that. How about you? So now let's kind of turn a page, and let's look at what we need to rely on, focus on practically to stay in the light, all right? And there's a, as we go into this series, there's going to be some key pillars, right? Jesus said, follow me, and you'll never walk in darkness. You'll have the light of life. And there's some key focuses and some key resources that are just really going to provide some guardrails that keep us on the path and keep us in the light, all right? And the first one that we're going to talk about in today's session uh, is God's character, all right, as sort of an anchor, right, to keep us firmly in the light. All right, now let's look at the Bible. This is the other key passage that I ask you to hold a spot in your Bible. 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 through 7 says this, this, in essence, is the message we heard from Christ and are passing on to you. God is light, pure light. There's no trace of darkness in him. If we claim we experience a shared life with him and continue to stumble around, in the dark. We're obviously lying through our teeth. We're not living what we claim. But if we walk in the light, God himself being the light, we also experience a shared life with one another. As the sacrificed blood of Jesus, God's son, purges us from all sin. All right. So when we talk about being where the light is, Um, What the scripture says is that your life in God, in the light, is directly connected to your view of God, an accurate one, of God as light. Did you hear that? The scripture says that your life in God, right, where the light is, is a direct reflection of your view of God, who is life. So this is what we want to unpack for today's 
session. The Bible is an emphatic that these two are connected, that your life in God reflects your view of God. So we really have to nail our view of God if we're going to live our, the, the best and right life in God in the light. All right, and there's four observations that I want to make. And the first one is this, very important. All right, God does not blend. You say, Kenny, what do you mean? All right, well, right there in verse 5, it says that God is light, pure light. There's not a trace of darkness in him. In other words, God doesn't elect because of his character and who he is. He doesn't elect to go, well, you know, I'm mostly light, but I want to blend a little darkness. I'm mostly, I'll be mostly truth, and I'll blend a little lies in my, into my character. Uh, I'm, I'm holy, but, you know, I'll, I'll dabble with, you know, a, a little sin. I'm good, but, you know, I'll, I'll sample a little evil every now and then. God cannot do that. God will not do that. And we have to understand that he's not a blender. But you know what our experience is and what our temptation is and what our battle is? Is that as, as sons of light, as children of God, as, as, as those who've been delivered out of the domain of darkness into his marvelous light, we kind of have the consumer sort of mentality in our relationship with God, and it's a mentality that doesn't jive with his character. God's not a blender, but we're tempted, and we battle. You know, hey, we're, we're all about the truth, but, you know, maybe a, little, maybe a little dilution of that, and a little fudging, and a little misdirection, misrepresentation, blend a little half-truth in there. Or, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm all for holiness, I'm all for... For, for righteousness, I'm all for having the family resemblance. You know, God's holy, uh, but, you know, I got, you know, he's okay with a little sin. You know, there's grace and the blood of Christ, and, you know, so that's always there for me as my little, you know, sin policy uh, backup, and no, that's not what God is saying. Or, you know, what about when we just go, you know, yeah, I, he good person, I'm going to be good, good man. You know, but there's that there's that dark side, you know, and that's the edgy side, and that's the dark side, and, you know, what we need to know, guys, is that God does not blend holiness and sin. He doesn't blend truth with lies. He doesn't blend good with evil, all right? God does not blend, all right? You see... A man in the scriptures, his name is Isaiah, he's a man of God, he's a man just like you and I. And man, his life in God got a radical hit when he got a right view of God. And I want us to look into this vignette in Isaiah chapter 6 because it's, it's relevant because he was a man living on earth who had a vision of God that impacted his life in God. Look at what it says. I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, lofty and exalted, with the train of his robe filling the temple. Seraphim stood above him, each having six wings. With two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called out to the other and said, Holy, holy, holy 
is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds trembled at the voice of him who called out while the temple was filling with smoke. And then I said, Woe is me, for I am ruined, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Wow. You know, God allowed Isaiah to have this very clear 5K vision of who he is. And when Isaiah had a clear vision of God, he had a clear vision of himself. And he responded and he reacted. He, he had a clear vision of the king, the Lord of hosts. He saw God in, in his perfect holiness. He, he was able to enter into that space. And when he saw God clearly, he saw himself clearly. And what we didn't read in the story is that Isaiah is allowed to remain in the presence of the Holy One. And God cleanses him. An angel takes a coal from the altar, touches his lips. You know, Isaiah said, I'm a man of unclean lips. The angel takes a coal and touches his lips, and he's made clean. And the reason he has to be made clean is to be in the presence of God. Because God's not going to blend his holiness with Isaiah's unholiness. And so there had to be a cleansing. That's why when I said earlier, we rely on the person and work and presence of Christ. He touched us and made us holy. And it's our job and it's our choice to not blend that holiness with unholiness. Here's a second observation that we get from the passage in 1 John, and it's this, God cannot connect with men who blend. Just like we see, there had something had to happen for God to then interact with Isaiah. If you read Isaiah 6 and you go past verse 3, you'll see what happens. He gets cleansed, and now there's a connection, and then God says, uh, you know, who will go for us? And Isaiah says, here I am, send me. You know, and they start this dialogue and there's a commissioning and God connects with him. But he couldn't connect with Isaiah before that moment where, you know, that coal was taken and he was cleansed. Same with us, right? The person and work and presence of Christ, it, it cleanses us. And, but if we're blending, if we're thinking mistakenly, that we can have a foothold and the presence of a habitual sin in our lives and, and feel and think uh, that we can also, at the same time, concurrently, have a relationship with some sin in our lives and then just and have a full connection to God, then we're deluded. We are deluded because we're diluted. And God cannot relate to us in that diluted and polluted stat, state and condition where there's, there's, there's unholiness, there's sin, it's part of our life. I know I'm talking to hundreds of you out there, and not in judgment, just to give you clarity that don't be self-deceived. 
you know, you're not under the blessing of God if you have habitual sin and, and you're in it, and then you're thinking that everything's cool, you know, with the Lord. Remember, God does not blend. So if you're blending, God's not connecting, all right? Look at what it says. It describes this exact problem. In John chapter 3, verses 19 to 21, it says this, God's light came into the world, but people love the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear that their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light, so others can see they are doing what God wants. Do you see how there's God's light comes in, and then those who are are blending, uh, they can't connect. God can't connect. They they run they because they're not really interested in pleasing God, you know, or they're just self deceived. All right, um, and then there's those God's light comes in. And man, they go to the light. They don't run away from it. And you know, I think that's part of the, the, the joy of doing this global live stream. Thousands and thousands of men. It's, it's a welcoming light. It's not a light of judgment. It's a light of, hey, here's some areas. And, and a lot of guys, they go, okay, that's the Lord. I'm going to come to the light. And I'm, I'm going to go ahead and let, let him deal with me so that I can be in the light versus have to run away from it. And, and brother, I know that there's, there's both types out there. Some of you are watching this, and like you've been off the reservation, you know, trust me, in 30 years of doing men's ministry, I know when a dude is not where the light is because he just goes off the reservation. He is the, the fleer in the John chapter 3 passage, right? Uh, they, he, they don't want their, their, their darkness exposed, so they stay away from the light, right? And so they go off the reservation. You know, you might just be inching back into the light and i'm just telling you come on i mean it, it's there's forgiveness here there's acceptance here uh there's accountability as well here but let's let god do the work let god let god's grace cover that and let his light expose that and let's repent of that darkness and let's eliminate it all right because you want a connection with god all right so um, don't deceive yourself into thinking that, yeah, I'm totally cool with God and, and connected to Christ while I'm blending. God says, I'm not a blender, and I can't connect with you when you're blending. Sin with holiness. Can't do it. All right? And we're going to talk about how to exactly restore that relationship. But what we need to know, guys, is that God cannot connect with men who blend. All right? Their life in Christ with a life of sin. Third observation from the first John passage is that God commands a lifestyle of light for his sons. You notice in verse 7 it says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with, with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. All right. See, there's an integrity, you know, there. We're, 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 our claim of being a Christian, our our integration of the person of Christ, the work of Christ, the presence of the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's all working together. We're cleansed. We're in the light. Uh, we don't have any unconfessed sin. That's what it means to walk in the light. It just, think about that when you're walking, all right? So we go for walks. We walk with people. We have a, a metaphorical or figurative walk. What does that mean? It's just a rhythm of life. It's a lifestyle. It's, it's kind of the sum of our habits 
and our choices in relationship with God and relationship with people that fosters, okay, walking in the light, that lifestyle that fosters our relationship and following of Jesus, that fosters our commitment to Jesus, that fosters serving others and serving the Lord, and that fosters loving God and people well. That's that's a good translation of walking in the light. It's a rhythm of life that is a lifestyle that has habits and relationships and choices that foster our relationship with God, serving God and loving him and loving others really well. Walking in the light. And it, it, it's, it's consistent, right, with this, this lifestyle, this command for his sons. God, God wants us to have uh, the family reflection. That's He's light, so his sons walk in the light, right? Talks about uh, this in 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16. says this, Just as he who called you is holy, that's light, be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. God wants us to have the family resemblance. Um, it's not on your notes, but write down in your notes, Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, it says, be imitators of God. You know, as, as his chosen people, right, as his chosen sons, God wants us to have the family resemblance. Well, what did Jesus say at the outset of our study? He said, I am light, right? Whoever follows me doesn't walk in darkness. Again, there's that word, walk, right? That rhythm, that lifestyle, those habits, those choices, okay, that that choose truths, that choose holiness, that choose God commands. That's that's all walking in the light, and we're going to get into those in more depth in the sessions to come, so you're really going to want us to join us in the next uh, three, four weeks, okay? Let's make our last observation from the passage in 1 John, uh, and it's this, that God floods power into men who eliminate darkness. Now, we saw in verse 7, uh, the, the whole compare-contrast, uh, the, the contrast of those who claim to have fellowship but walk in darkness, they lie, they don't practice the truth. Verse 7 says, but if we walk in the light as he in the light, we have fellowship with one another. All right, That means when you have fellowship, that means you are connected. Right? You have fellowship with God, and when you're connected to God's person, you're connected to his purpose, and you're connected to his power, Right, when you're walking in the light. Jesus talks about this uh, functionally, and he uses the, the light metaphor in Luke chapter 11. Uh, let's read that passage in your downloaded notes. Uh, verses 33 to 36 says this, No one lights a lamp and then hides it or puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand uh, where the light can be seen by all who enter the house. Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when it is unhealthy, your body is filled with with darkness. Make sure that the light you think you have is not actually darkness. If you are filled with light, listen, with no dark corners, circle that, then your whole life will be radiant as though a flood light were filling you with light. 
See, it's Jesus talking about the believer, and he wants the believer to be visible. The believer is visible when he's connected to God and there are no dark corners. The believer is visible when there's no dilution, when he's not blending, right? And, and then it says here at the end, it says, if you're filled with light, with no dark corners, and this is the, the key teaching here, then your whole life will be radiant, all right? It's radiating. You're visible. Why? Because there's no dark corners, all right? You're eliminating darkness, and it's as though a floodlight were filling you with light. You ever been in the dark, and then all of a sudden, choo, floodlights come on right? Powerful, right? They're powerful uh, beams, you know, coming through. And that's that picture. It's that picture of being at full power. Question, are you at full power? And I know I'm hitting a lot of you right now because you're not. And you're not because you're thinking that the light you think you have is light when it's actually darkness, you have self-deceived. You said, I can accommodate this, this, this habit or this choice right alongside my life in Christ. And God's going, uh-uh. And, you know, the worst thing that can happen is when you think you have power and you don't have power when you need power, right? When you got a hill to climb and there's nothing in the tank, right? When you need light, but you go to flick the switch and the power's off. You know, and you won't know it until it's too late. And I'm here to tell you that God is speaking to hundreds and hundreds of men right now listening to this, and he's not speaking in judgment, but he is speaking in truth because there's forgiveness for you and cleansing, and we're going to walk through an exercise to get you there, but you can't have a dark corner because, remember, God's not a blender, but you can have full power. And we got to be really diligent, guys, to, to be careful to what we let in. You know, the eye is the lamp of the body, and, you know, you, you let in things through the eye, and, and there's the eyes of your heart, and there's the physical eyes, and it's all letting things in. And sometimes we let things in that shouldn't stay in, right? Sometimes we can't help thoughts that are evil or, or visions that are perverted or whatever, we, but they can't stay. we got to kick them out. And so this is the call that's happening right now. It talks about this in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. It says this. Look at your notes. You can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful life. I know right now, I can even see there are guys that right now you're being called out of darkness. I don't know what your darkness is, but God is speaking into you, and some of you are sitting deep in the darkness, and God is shining the light right now. It's a light that you can walk toward, all right? It's a light that you can go to, and you can get up, and you can leave that place. God is saying you have to leave that place. Leave that place of darkness, or leave the darkness you're hanging on to. Let it go. Let go of that and come into his wonderful light. He's calling you. He's calling men all over the world right now. He's calling us to rise. And you know what? In this dark time, 
God is converting guys who have been blending or walking in darkness. He's reigniting them. He's flooding them with power as they get up from that dark space and they eliminate the darkness and they leave it and they start walking into his marvelous light. You're not going to stumble around anymore. You're not going to dabble in sin anymore. You're not going to think that blending is okay anymore. And you're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You're going to be filled with the power of Christ as you get up from that dark place, as you leave that darkness and respond to God's voice right now and start walking toward his marvelous light. And that's why this first session is so important. Because as we talk about being where the light is, we got to reset. We got to refocus. We got to recommit because there is a dark world that needs you lit up. God wants you visible. God is the light, but God just then says, you are light. You are the light of the world, he says. He wants you visible. But in order to be visible, we got to leave the darkness. We have to let go of the darkness. We have to think differently. we got to stop blending, right? That's not the mark of a son of light. And so I want us to read a passage, unpack it, and then we're going to have a prayer time at the close of this session. The passage is from 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 through 10. Listen to what it says, all right? This is, this is how we eliminate the darkness. It says this, If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth or the light. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. If we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. You know, because we're all sinners, I am, you are, that's what the Bible says, we're going to find ourselves having to confess our wrongs to God and to others. But that is different than ignoring God's commands passively or refusing to let God's commands have authority over us, right? You know what the Bible calls that? Rebellion, right? That's, that's rebellion. And I want us to, to make an observation here. Based on the 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 through 10 passage, confessing sin, write this down, is a spiritual discipline. Confessing sin is a spiritual discipline where sinners, sinners need to confess, right? Our wrongs. Right? To God and others. Right? But then there's this other thing, and that's ignoring sin, right? Compartmentalizing sin, right? Becoming insensitive to it. Ignoring sin, that's spiritual rebellion. Okay? Confessing sin, normal. The righteous man falls seven times, rises again. Right? We repent, we confess, we get back in the saddle, we go. We're not going to be perfected until. We meet Jesus permanently, and all sin is done away with us, and we live forever in the light. But right now, we got to walk in the light, which means we have to choose to walk in the light, which means we're going to fall now and then. we got to confess sin. That's a discipline. We do it all the time. But ignoring sin, that's spiritual rebellion. And so, as I was mentioning earlier, right now, we just, all of us, myself included, we need to reset we need to refocus, we need to renew, we need to repent, we need to practice this spiritual, spiritual discipline, 
of confession. And so on the downloaded notes and on your screen, there is going to be a prayer that we're going to close out this session with. All right? And we're going to put it on the scene. I want you to look at the screen or if you're listening by podcast and you can just hear the sound of my voice, um, I want you to pray this prayer with me. All right? Let's, let's go before the Lord right now. This is a holy moment. Um, this, is a, this is our choosing to confess and get fully into the light. If you're listening to me, you look it on the screen, just say, Heavenly Father, thank you for calling me out of the darkness of sin and self into your marvelous light through Christ. Thank you for being pure light. When I see you clearly, I see myself clearly. And I know I need cleansing. And right now I confess those parts of my life that I know do not reflect your character and your desire for my life. Thank you for the blood of Jesus which was shed for me, covers me, and puts me into the light of your presence. That is where I want to stay. Fill me with your spirit right now and control me through your spirit right now. Give me power through your spirit right now so that I can walk in the light as you are in the light. In Jesus' name, and men all over the world said, Amen and Amen. If you just prayed that prayer with me, you're where the light is. And you're not going to walk in darkness. You're going to have the wisdom you need. You're going to have the insight that you need. It's going to come from Christ himself. He's going to light the way. I want to encourage you to get into his word. I want to encourage you to, to come back. Make sure you're with us and in community next week. I want to encourage you to call a friend and just say, man, today... I got right with God on the Men's Global live stream with Kenny Luck. I prayed with him. And maybe you can even just read the prayer. and Pray it again. Pray it as many times as you need to. But I'm so glad, brother, that you are in the light and walking in the light. Stay in the light this week until we get back together next Thursday. And God bless you.